Hello there. Welcome to Sick of Situationship, the podcast. If you don't know me, my name is Ibby. I am a dating coach and mental health therapist. I help women break free from the cycles of toxic relationships and situationships, heal and move forward to finding and securing happy, healthy love. Today's episode is about how self-worth plays a role in our overall well-being. Featuring my guest, Ida Blake, who shares about how having low self-worth affected not only her relationships, but her health as well as her career. Tune in to hear how she has discovered healing through self-love and helps others do the same. Without any further ado. Hey, Ida, welcome to Sick of Situationship, the podcast. I'm very glad to have you here. Thank you for having me. Yes, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, I'm 36. Um, As you know, I'm Ida Blake. I am originally from the Caribbean. I've lived in London, UK for about 20 years. I'm a mom of a three-year-old. I've chosen to be single. Um, I'm a mompreneur. (laughs) I'm a weightlifter. I I literally love the gym. Um, And I'm an advocate for cultural food. So with that said, I've wrapped up myself as a holistic health coach to serve women of color throughout the globe. So I love how you combine everything to create your, I guess, this is your dream career. Well, it's my life experience. And with my life experience, I've learned lots of lessons. And I just happen to have a gift when it comes to listening and understanding people. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy health. Because I think health, not just cliche, it's your wealth, but it's everything. Mm -hmm. So I heard you mention that you're single by choice. Do you mind sharing about that a little bit? Well, interesting for me, when I started to get involved with men, was actually quite a young age. And I had this fantasy of, you know, the man in the, like, dark, shining armor sweeping me off and making my life worthy of living (laughs) yeah that was a fantasy and I started dating pretty young and I had an ugly duckling syndrome I don't really want to laugh but I'm just thinking about why I made choices that I've made but I had an ugly duckling syndrome because when I was growing up I was never really affirmed within my home and I was bullied a lot for my looks so I had this idea that I was ugly so when a really cute guy found me attractive and I found him attractive, I would think that that was the end and the all. So when I started to date, I realized that I dated men that would initially like me, but didn't really follow up their interests in a very consistent way. And I would just kind of over-romanticize, trying to conquer them to see me. And that kind of led, that kind of had been the template for all my relationships till I met my husband. Mm-hmm. And he really love bombed me at the beginning, like ridiculously. And being an ugly duckling and having a guy so handsome and he seemed to be perfect, um, <laughs> I realized that I didn't know who I was. So I was kind of living to what he wanted me to be. And I think during that 12 years relationship, I discovered a lot about myself because I realized I deeply wasn't happy. I didn't like how he treated me. And I was able to have a couple people that were actually in healthy relationships. I'm talking black people. 
in mm. healthy relationships because a lot of black people I knew were in very terrible relationships in terms of arguing, distrust, um, just not healthy, abusive. And I knew two people that actually genuinely were in healthy relationships. So I knew it exists. And not to say that I didn't come from a home that, you know, typically my parents seem pretty normal, didn't argue, they worked really hard, they had a business together and they, I don't know, but something was still lacking, but that wasn't really, I guess it's difficult to say, it looked normal, but now as an adult reflecting back and my parents aren't together anymore, I can actually see what the issues are, but I didn't see that as a child. So anyways, with my husband and having my daughter and, you know, studies, you know, coaching and working with people with eating disorders, I realized there was something called an attachment style. And I started to reflect on my own self and I realized, okay, I've, 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 I've picked up a certain blueprint in childhood and having my daughter, I said to myself, I don't want her to have this experience when she gets older, I need to give her a different example. And mm. that was the, the catalyst for change in terms of stepping away from my, my marriage. So yeah, that's why I've chose to be a single mom. Okay, yeah, awareness is key. Because I noticed that I've never even, because you know when you do one thing one way, you do it in all ways. So it's mm-hmm. funny, like not speaking up for myself in my relationships or not expressing what I truly feel, I did that in my work, in my career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I did that as well in my career. And it's funny, the reason why I had to make shifts within myself was because when I had been thrown into senior positions like to do workshops and public speaking, I would clamp up. I didn't know what to say. And I remember like just Googling, okay, what can I do to get past this, you know, self-doubt or not, not feeling comfortable in front of people? And this lady, she just wrote this really beautiful article that was literally targeted at people, you know, what um, kind of white collar workers who wanted to do better in their jobs and etc. And she spoke the language perfect. And this was drama therapy, drama therapy classes to help people to shift certain emotional blocks. And interestingly, I realized that the block wasn't just public speaking. The block was just with everything when it comes to expressing myself. So drama therapy, I guess, is probably one of the most kind of underdog therapies is not really spoken about. But in a nutshell, it's basically the brain can't tell the difference if you're acting out different archetypes or different kind of personalities that you not normally using in your everyday life. So Mm -hmm. saying if you're a person that is afraid of authority, you might act up being authority, being that person that embodies authority. So I did quite a lot of drama therapy and it really, really helped me to shift. And then starting to embody that a lot, it helped. I guess I started to get more courageous Mm -hmm. and I can't really explain it because it's not something tangible. It's not something that even words can justify, Um, but it really helps me to shift a lot of things. Can you, can you describe some of the behaviors that you engaged in? Definitely wouldn't speak up for myself if my partner would do something that like in my marriage my partner had three children outside the marriage (laughs) Mm -hmm. and even when he didn't even tell me the truth and I found out 
it was difficult when he was trying to blame me for his behavior. And I was actually trying to justify that maybe I was wrong, um, why he did what he did. So it would be things like not standing up for myself and then mm. saying yes to things that I really didn't agree with. People would say stuff and because I didn't want to rock the boat, I would just go along with it, knowingly that I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. And not really allowing myself to, you know, like I would want to say again, like speaking up, like doing my work publicly mm-hmm. in the early stages, I would be like, oh, I would limit myself because I'm like, oh, people wouldn't take me serious or no one cares or, you know, I'm not good enough. Maybe because I don't have a PhD that I'm not, um, you know, I would make up stuff in my head and just things like my parents' expectations of me and I'm not how they would like me to be. And then I would pretend to be how they would want me to be. So it's just not being very truthful about who I am. And then when it came to women friendship, I was afraid to have women friends because I thought women were just snidey jealous and you know I I would only have one or two friends and those back in like say 10 or 12 years ago I would choose friends that weren't really particularly genuine they would do mean things or they just didn't really have my best interests at heart and I would still stay friends with them and then Mm -hmm. I remember one time I was talking to this girl and she said to me why would you continue to be around people that you know say and and they're snidey behind your back like why would you do that to yourself and it was just things like not believing that I was enough so I would just allow myself to be in situations and be around people that didn't really have my had any good intent to really have true relationships with me these behaviors sound consistent with an anxious attachment style almost like self-sacrificing or kind of putting yourself on a back burner Um, even from the childhood that you described with just not feeling good enough like in those but three months six months how challenging it is mm-hmm. this man literally when I mean <laughs> he would walk over me seeing me exhausted and just didn't care to give me any form of help and I realized he was just so cold to me and I was mm-hmm. like this is not natural like I was like I actually saw his lack of love for me mm-hmm. like broad daylight and I was like no I can't do this to myself anymore yeah well it's great that you made that decision for yourself because I feel that I've done so much work I'm so aware of myself and in terms of when I'm getting close to somebody but what I do I kind of vet men anyway to see what their intentions are because men could be dating but they're not necessarily dating for wanting commitment and I've learned to assess that straight away But now, like, you know, I'm dating somebody at present, literally just getting to know each other's friends. And Mm -hmm. I find it really easy to talk to him in the sense, like, not feeling I need to filter myself, not feeling I need to water down myself. Like, we we just get on, like, just normal human beings. And -hmm. it just happens that we have so much similarities or so much in common. So it just feels easy. And And, you know, things like being vulnerable and sharing my past and stuff, Obviously, there's some things that I feel like I want to guard or I feel triggered, but I do realize that that's part of being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not painful like how if I thought about where I'm at now to where compared to 10 years ago, it's, it's, it's like night and day. You mentioned earlier that you discovered yourself and you learned to love yourself. 
What yeah. was that journey to this point like? I used to have issues with food. I had an eating disorder in my teens. I had mm-hmm. quite a lot of trauma in my early childhood because while I grew up in the Caribbean, a natural disaster happened. It literally flipped my life around, having to move and live with family, then move into the UK. So I had quite a lot of trauma in my first part, 13 years of my life. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my relationship had broke down with my mom. And at that time, I remember my aunt was a terrible cook. I mean, a terrible cook. So <laughs> I used to be so happy to eat school lunches. So happy. So anytime I used to get any kind of little pocket money, I would just buy snacks because they're delicious compared to what I would be fed at home. And that's when my relationship with food literally changed because before that, I never had issues with food. I could eat anything. Like, food wasn't an issue. My mom cooked well. I, like, I just didn't have issues with food. But when I went to live with my aunt, like, I was just so happy to just eat anything apart from her food. And that's when my issues with food started. And then having, you know, my relationship broke down with my mom and my dad. Um, and I was just, like, yearning for love. And food was just a satisfaction thing. And I also grew up in the R&B era in the kind of late 90s, early 2000s. So there was also this kind of concept of beauty, of being thin. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of battling with having this, I don't want to say it's a food addiction, but it is a food addiction. Like, you know, stuffing myself because to enjoy food, because I felt, I just didn't feel very good (laughs) at those Mm -hmm. times. So I end up with bulimia, which is basically overeating and then purging. And I did that for years and it was terrible. And probably for like 15 years, I would consistently yo-yo with my weight, yo-yo with my weight, yo-yo with my weight, ridiculously, Mm -hmm. until I decided, how I end up in my career is interesting, because I end up working in health promotion and sexual health and HIV, and I wanted to be like a um, sexual health advisor, and it just wasn't working out, and then I found a job that was more like around lifestyle prevention and health promotion and stuff, and then with that, when I started to do nutritional studies I found a course specifically around clinical weight loss binge eating mm-hmm. and that's when I start looking at attachment styles and trauma and early childhood etc that you know sets a blueprint with when it comes to that um keeping people in that core belief of unworthiness it can manifest in overeating and having issues with food so that's me so when I found that and I start applying that principle I found a way to lose weight without starving myself you know evidence-based kind of approach use that and then like I said I end up in drama therapy and then starting to discover myself starting to get more grounded with God that was I think that was one of the hugest things starting to build back my relationship with God and I know everybody have different ideas and have their own God of their understanding or don't even believe in God but what I do realize is that if you have to believe in yourself to the point that you know that you are enough so Mm -hmm. starting to strengthen my foundation with God and start working with spiritual practices you know like using like an agreement and everything that I do will be based on that principle and it just helps me to be grounded within myself and that took time. And then I spend a lot of time trying to forgive myself and forgive the people that I felt hurt me. And, you know, like having to look back at my parents' lineage, look at how they were raised, how they were influenced, how they were programmed, 
helped me with the forgiveness so that mm -hmm. I can understand it's not really blaming and saying they wronged me so much, but was understanding they themselves were conditioned as well. Mm -hmm. So with that, that helps me to release a lot of guilt and blame within me and anger. And like, so in a nutshell, that's how I kind of healed in that sense. And then mm -hmm. seeing a lot of black women, a lot of women of color in terms of the health system, or the, the diet system that's kind of portraying healthism or healthy eating, it's never culturally appropriate, period. And it doesn't really reflect um, the traumas that we also experience. Mm -hmm. So I just felt that's missing. And I just felt that's something I can feel because I've gone through this in my own life experience. So why not teach women how to fall in love with their self because rather than thinking that being in a slimmer body is going to create your life create your life now be happy now love yourself now and then that end result that you're thinking of doesn't even matter you will get there but there's never an end destination it's always going to be a journey of you know constantly remodeling yourself because you change as you mature you know things come up things work this way things go that way life is just not linear is what I'm basically saying so it's being present in your body and making the most of it by nourishing it moving it you know just being a best friend to yourself mm -hmm. yeah oh I like that being a best friend to yourself yes because that I think that mindset helps a lot in terms of the things we say to ourselves the way we look at ourselves if we had a best friend who was doing that would we like this best friend? Would we still keep them around? Like, think of the things you're saying to yourself, you're believing about yourself. If it's not something you wouldn't want a best friend saying to you, then we shouldn't be saying it to ourselves or feeling it about ourselves or thinking it about ourselves either. So that's a great point you should, you made about being a best friend to yourself. Yeah, it's it's, it's been a journey for me, Ify. Um, It really has. Mm -hmm. And it's good because... I'm happy, like, for no reason. <laughs> like, I'm just happy that I have life. Yeah. I'm happy that... I'm just happy for the sake of just that, just being happy. I don't have mm -hmm. to have any reason to just be happy. Yeah, that's beautiful. Ugh, I think everybody wants to reach that level of just bliss. Like, you're, there's no reason for it other than the simple fact that you're living and yeah. you feel fulfilled and you're just happy with yourself. Yeah, and that's so the only thing I could say to my younger self that, you know, that feeling wouldn't be forever. Mm. And it took a while into my 30s, but I mean, at least I have, I can't say I've arrived, but I'm in a much better place. That's great. That's something your daughter can definitely, you know, look up to just hearing what you said, especially about it's not linear. Your journey is not linear, but on the other side of it, if you keep pushing through, let me look where you are now at a place that you want to be. So that's a great thing that she can actually look up to. And that's all I wanted. I wanted to give her a different experience to how I, my template was set. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you're making the conscious decision. A lot of us tend to parent how we were parented. And I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what results in the repeated generations of the same thing. Yes. So making this is great that you're making the conscious decision. Somebody created like a meme type post, but basically it said, whatever you heal in yourself, you heal in your ancestors. And it's so powerful. I had to cry because it's true. 
mm. carry that cellular memory. Right. You're breaking the, the generational curse, the generational traumas. That's yes. so true. Wow. Well, with that being said, you are a holistic health coach and you said you teach women how to love themselves. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you work with women specifically? What What is it you do with them and how do you help mm-hmm. them love themselves? So I'll take them through three phrases um, over 12 weeks. The first month is really biological physiological reset because you can't get a clear mind if your body is gunked up by poor eating you just can't your mind is not going to be like um open because you're fucked up your mm-hmm. body is undernourished if you're eating poorly so literally detox reset like having a balanced diet understanding what that means by reflecting on how you're presently eating relook at the concept of dieting because mm-hmm. when I say to people, diet in the dictionary simply means your food intake. Let's start from there and start relearning some different stuff about creating a balanced diet. What it means to lose fat, the extra fat that you're carrying that you want to get rid of. So forget about weight. You want to get rid of that. How do we eat for results? Mm-hmm. Then the second month is really liberating yourself from the programming that you've inherited from childhood. That's you know led you to the behaviors where you use food for different reasons you know it's not necessarily just for stuffing yourself for comfort but if you've got poor relationship with food that manifests into you having overweight you have to relook at your programming and reset that then how do you step out your comfort zone because it's one thing to learn the things that you need to do eat for results but self-sabotage is a common thing that comes up So it's really being realistic that change takes time to be embedded in your mind to create, you know, lasting habits Mm -hmm. and coming out your comfort zone, trying different things to move more, to interact more, you know, expand yourself in terms of all areas of your life, because the majority of people who don't have energy is because they're not happy in their lives. And I'm talking all areas of their lives. So when you're not happy, you're having to cover that, that, that those emotions consciously Mm. that drains you. So you're not going to feel energetic. So start being truthful to yourself where do you need to grow in all areas of your life and come out your comfort zone? Mm. And then move beyond that. Yeah. So that's the three phases. Mm. So it's not just to eat for results and lose weight. It's all those things that has to be put into perspective for it to be lasting. Yeah. The self-love piece. Like that is the gateway to health that's the gateway to our relationships being successful that's the gateway to our careers just the self-love piece knowing how much you're worth it just makes you want to succeed in all these other areas of your life and take care of yourself so I'm glad you um you put that as part as of your coaching 100% because I don't want to be that generic kind of coach that had clients diet sheets and like that doesn't do anything mm-hmm. it really doesn't yeah it's okay well fraction. yeah more structure so where can the people find you if they do want to connect and reach out if they align with what it is that you do i mean i've created a nice hot spot for women of color so it's really about 
everything around nutrition, how we can enjoy our foods and at the same time not have to put on weight, but we can also eat for health and enjoy the dessert. So my Facebook community is called the Wild Woman Tribe One. So Wild Woman Tribe One. Also, I'm on Instagram. So Mm -hmm. it's Ida B underscore holistic health quote. Uh, holistic health coach okay i will link that in the bottom of this as well do you have any last minute words you want to say to my audience say yes to yourself Mm. and there's no growth staying where you're at because you know what you're yearning for and the truth is you do deserve it but you have to believe it and just believe that's all you gotta start with belief and the unknown is not really that bad I think that's mm-hmm. where the blessings unfold, but you just got to say yes to yourself. Mm, say yes to yourself. Well, thank you, Ida. Thank you for having Well, there you have it. If you resonated with any part of this and want to find out more about Ida, you can head over to her Instagram at Ida B underscore holistic health coach, where you'll find links to her other pages as well as her fitness and wellness community on Facebook. Thanks for listening.